0: Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Wait minute, let's give God a hand of praise today. Because He's so worthy and good deserving of all of our affection today we'll be heading to Luke chapter 5 here in just a second uh, some things just want to go over real quick uh, first of all if you're a guest or a visitor with us today we're just so so glad that you are here as i try to look out across it's kind of hard cuz you're used to pinpointing people in certain locations I, I was kind of anxious to see how people would find their seat today well I guess no one had their seat today right so so uh, It's hard to look through and find where people are. But if you are visiting with us today, we're just so honored and blessed to have you here at First Missionary. And and maybe if you're looking or searching for a a church home, a place to belong, I hope and pray that you uh, might find that place here amongst us today. Welcome to our family. We'd love to connect with you, get to know who you are. Uh, Please stick around after the service today. Uh, We'll be right there at the back door today. And uh, we want to meet you and greet you. So uh, anybody who's visiting with us today, first time here, we're just so, so glad that you're here. Church family at First Missionary, let's give God a hand clap of praise for folks who are here for the first time today. For people who are here for the first time today. And I do believe that we have a special little guy, special little guy who's making his first church attendance this morning. Mr. Dawson, is that right? Mr. Dawson? Holder, would you stand up, please, so we can see you? Just kidding. uh, Okay, here we go. Greg, right there, or Jesse and Greg, right there, you two guys. Come up here. Come up. These are the the proud papas, okay? The proud papas of Mr. Dawson Holder. He's here today, first time in our worship service. So I'm going to let the granddaddies show him off, all right? So Jesse and Greg are going to... Here's what we'll do. Greg, you come down one side, then hand off. No fumbles, please. No fumbles. I hope you guys are better than Kentucky. The Kentucky football team. Yesterday, there's a Tennessee... I swear if we hear Rocky Top, we're leaving the building, okay? All right? Mr. Dawson, hold the first time here today. And also, you folks, this is really, really cool. Yesterday in the life of our church. And I just found out about this, Uh, Sadie and Donald Travis celebrated 70 years of marriage yesterday. Are you kidding me? That's incredible. So if you get a chance, give them a call and and tell them congratulations. 11, 14, 18, 70 year anniversary. Also uh, some things real quick here. Uh, We had mentioned last week uh, about a grand opening and dedication. I I think we were just so excited to be able to do that next week and just wanted you to know as a church family that that's important to us. We kind of looked over the calendar that morning and we threw out a possible date in December. We're not going to be able to do that date. Way too many conflicts of our team and our church staff. So just please be on the alert for what is to come in the future, a grand opening dedication service after the first of the year. So we've got a couple of dates in January we're looking at, but we will get the word out to you as soon as we can do that. There's so much to work through and prepare for. We want that day to really be like kind of an old-fashioned homecoming so people can have time to prepare and to travel. That that We are looking at some dates in January. We'll post that as soon as we have clearance from Our construction and relocation team for dates in January. Looking forward to being able to do that with all of you when that time comes. Also, this Wednesday night, we're going to gather right here. This Wednesday night, we're all going to come together right here. And for our church family, we're going to have a special worship and Thanksgiving service right here at 630 this Wednesday night. And then, folks, listen, ministry is going. Ministry started Next Tuesday night, a week from this Tuesday night, the following Tuesday, I think that's the 20th, we're hosting our community for a Thanksgiving service, okay? So please be praying for that. We need everybody here. We need to be fully staffed. We need to be prepared to welcome area churches. Did y'all see the sign from our brothers and sisters right over here? Yeah, let's give God a hand clap a praise for that. First United Methodist welcoming us to... The neighborhood, so that was such a blessing to see that this morning, but this Wednesday night will be for our church family, Thanksgiving, worship, and then the next week we'll welcome the community. I know there are so many other things that we could go over and share, and and different people here, I think, have birthdays today, and what a great, great day it is. If we haven't personally been able to to welcome you or to hug you or to love you, uh, we want to do that. Maybe we can do that at the end of the service. Luke chapter 5 is what we're looking at. Today over the last several weeks, we've been talking about what it means to find your purpose, to find your place, to find the area of, of, of ministry perhaps, or just wherever you might land in life. We've been talking about what does it mean to kind of come to a place in life and realize, you know what? You belong here. Your life is not an accident. God has something for you in your life that he is moving you along to. Some people say, well, you know, is purpose something that I go out and find? Or is purpose something that finds me You know, for many of us, it's it's kind of been some of those, both of that, right? We opened ourselves up to the journey. And then the next thing you know, God brings some things along or, or people cross our paths. I've even shared with you some of my personal story and journey in my life of how some things have evolved. How God has used so many people in that process. But what I want to encourage you in today is this. When you connect with a group of people. With a body of believers who love you, who care for you, who are there for you, a transition begins to take place. It's no longer like, you know, I serve, discovering my purpose. It becomes, we serve. We serve. We discover our purpose together. We are in this together And if you, if you, if you have ever felt alone in this journey, then please accept my sincerest apologies on behalf of the body of Christ. But this point moving forward, we want to come alongside people. We want to love people. And we want to let Jesus love people through us like it's never happened before. Today, today, today is a new beginning for us. But it's also time for a fresh start for somebody else. Today is a new beginning for us. It's not I serve, but it's we serve, we serve together. A new, in in fact, won't you say that with me, all right? Let's just make sure we're all on the same page. A new beginning for us. One more time, a new beginning for us, but a fresh start for someone else. In Luke chapter 5, we're going to be encountered or we're going to see a man who needed a fresh start. And he met Jesus. And Jesus changed his life. This morning... I went over to the old building a little after 7 o'clock. I walked through. I did what I almost do every Sunday morning. I got to the the hallway in the basement, and and, and I knew he wasn't there. I knew he wasn't there. I knew he wasn't there. But just to make me feel a little better, I called out for Roy Johnson. I walked in that hallway. I knew he wouldn't answer because he wasn't there. His red truck wasn't there. But I said, Roy boy, just because I wanted to hear myself say that this morning. Roy boy, I knew he wasn't going to answer. But my goodness, Joette and Roy have served for so many years. And at the turn of the uh, this next year, we're going to take some time to, to recognize their service as custodians and maintenance and everything in between the life of our church. But I went over there this morning and I just prayed. I sat in the auditorium. Nobody else was there. Got back out in my vehicle. Started driving down the road, and I'm saying it was a new. Did any of y'all just accidentally go to the wrong place today? You don't have to raise your hand, okay? This is not an admission of insanity, right? But I realized that you know this is going to be a new routine. In life. There's new paths I travel today. That I normally do not travel. On a Sunday morning. I drove by houses. I saw people out on the street. It dawned on me. That for us. This is a new beginning. But for so many people around us. In this community. Nothing's different for them today. Their lives are just the same. Their Sunday morning routine, the places they go, the things they do, this morning is absolutely no different for them. And God convicted my heart for over 20 years These past 20 years of my life, of the same Sunday morning routine and schedule and driving the same roads. And by the way, I didn't go the way I went last week because I did have an unusual encounter last Sunday morning and I didn't want to necessarily have that today. So I did take one little twist in the turn today, but it dawned on me for 20, yeah, just for 20, almost 20 years. I have driven by, I have overlooked, I have ignored, I was not sensitive to the hundreds and thousands of people around us who today life is no different for them. And God spoke to my heart and reminded me that this is about them, it's not about us. And it dawned on me. There are people, and maybe you're one of them, and maybe you're here today. You need a fresh start in your life. In Luke chapter 5, we take up the story of Jesus in the heart of his ministry. The news about Jesus was spreading all over. The scripture says in verse 17 that one day he was teaching. There were some Pharisees and teachers of the law who were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. The power of the Lord was present For him to perform healing. The power of the Lord was present for him to do or to perform healing. To have the power means to have the ability. To have the power means that you have the ability. But just because you have the power and the ability, it does not mean that you have a right. That's called authority. So let's get this picture in our heads again today. We're introduced to Jesus. Jesus in the heart of His life and ministry. They begin to identify and to realize that He has the power of the Lord present for Him to perform healing. The stage is set. Behold, in verse 18, some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed last night? Right before I went to sleep, I looked at him and I said, "Help me real quick here. Help me identify some people in Scripture who needed a fresh start in life. Can you think of some people in Scripture who, when they met Jesus, they needed a fresh start in their life?" She began to share with me ideas that she had about Jesus' life and ministry and people he met who needed a fresh start. In their life. This is one of those. They came to our hearts. This man is being carried on a bed. They were trying. He was paralyzed. And they were trying to bring him in. They were trying to bring him in. And to set him down in front of him. In front of Jesus. So this man who's paralyzed on a bed. He at least has some friends who care about him. And care about him in his stricken state. He could not carry himself. He could not walk himself. He's paralyzed. But he has friends who are willing to carry him. There are some people around us today. And they need someone who cares about them. To come along and say. You may not be able to walk there. But I will help you get there. What's fascinating about this is the paralyzed man compelled his friends to carry him. There was something in him that was compelling him, and then he compels his friends to get him to Jesus. And the scripture goes on, and the story goes on, and the scripture says that they were not finding any way to bring him in because of the what. Y'all with me? Because of the what? So there's a big crowd of people who'd gather together around Jesus. The scripture already identifies some of those who were around him. But this man is trying now to break in. He can't get into Jesus because of the crowd. But wouldn't it be an awesome thing If the crowd of the people were not turned inward, but they were turned outward so that no one was ever left behind. This was a crowd who was turned inward to focus all their attention on Jesus for the purpose of scrutinizing Him, yet their backs were turned to the man who needed Him in His hour of need. They couldn't get to Jesus because of the crowd. There's no place for me. They won't welcome me there. There's no way to get in. And I and I compel you. I urge you as a church family today. Might we not ever close the doors behind us. But we continue to march forward. And to ask ourselves. God how can you continue to use us here in this place to minister to the needs of people what do we need to do to make sure there's always room at the table for somebody else that there's always there's always empty chairs wherever and whatever we're doing in ministry. So guess what happens? They can't get in to Jesus because of the crowd. you know how this story goes many of you The scripture says in verse 19, not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the what? They went up on the roof and let him down through the tiles with his stretcher. And if you can imagine how homes were constructed back there in the day, it was just patches and panels that, that made the rooftops. They can't get in the doorways. So you know what they did? They cut a hole in the roof. Brad Conner had to cut some holes in this room. And by the way, y'all feeling pretty good right now? A little warm, a little cool. Just touch of a button. Man, we're going to get there, right? We need to take a church vote. How many of y'all hot right now? All right, cool it down, guys. Cool that thing down. It's going to happen, I promise you. And I just began to imagine going over this text. What if I came before you and said, okay, church family, we're here, but now we've got to cut a hole in the roof to make room for another. What a tremendous perspective on ministry and life and doing whatever it takes to reach people with the gospel. So they, they, they cut a hole in the roof. Let him down through the tiles with his stretcher right in the center in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. Now let's go back for just a second, okay? This man was paralyzed. I want you to say this with me. This man was paralyzed. Let that sink in for just a second. This man was what? This man was? He was paralyzed. Paralyzed. Paralyzed by his disability. Paralyzed from maybe something that happened in his life. As far as we know, he might have been paralyzed his entire life. My question to you is, have you ever, have you ever felt paralyzed? That's what you were going through in life, what you were facing in your marriage at work school have you ever felt paralyzed as i drove here this morning i was reminded that there are many people in our community today who feel paralyzed by life and they are in the same predicament and situation as we find this man in this text. Paralyzed by life. They need a fresh start. Jesus does the unthinkable. He looks at this man in his condition. He looks at the friends who were with him And the scripture says that Jesus saw their faith. And he says to them. Your sins are forgiven. To forgive or to be forgiven. Means not just that the slate is wiped clean. It means that the slate is done away with. It means to remove. It means to take away. It is not the idea of. Covering or atonement in the sense of covering for a period of time. But in regards to this man and those who were with him, in regards to their sin, Jesus Christ pronounces forgiveness over their life. He gives them the fresh start. The man gets a fresh start and Jesus says your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven if you know Christ. If you've met Jesus, your sins are forgiven. Wiped away, completely removed. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is shouting ground. And by the way, by the way, by the way, for those of us who are in Christ today, that's how we started this journey. That's how you started. That's how you began. Think back in your life. Remember the point in time when you realized that you needed forgiveness and you needed a fresh start in your life. Everybody in the body of Christ needs to be reminded that there was a point in time in their life. They were in the same place, they were paralyzed. If you're paralyzed today, join the crowd. We've all been paralyzed at some point in time. They were paralyzed. By their sin, and Jesus pronounces forgiveness. Now, some of you are thinking, how in the world can Jesus forgive? He hasn't even died on the cross yet. He hasn't been been crucified. How could he pronounce forgiveness? For one, only God could pronounce forgiveness. And that's really what upsets the crowd of folks who were gathered there that day. They understood that when he pronounced forgiveness of sins... They reply and they say in verse 21 Man, this guy's speaking blasphemies. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Only God can do that. This man's claiming to be God. And he's pronouncing forgiveness. We must be reminded that all the way back to the very beginning, there has always been one way and one way alone that people come to, to, to God through Christ and that is through faith. That when you go all the way back to the pages of the old, even with a man like Abraham, the writer of the book of Hebrews would write and would say that, that Abraham was a man of great faith. Paul would say that Abraham was justified by his what? Not by his works, his ability, anything he could ever do for himself. But but Abraham was justified by his what? By his what? By his faith. By his faith. But his faith was in the promise of the one who was to come. His faith was in the Messiah who was to come. And that's what caused his justification. So whether it's before the cross or after the cross. When someone exercises faith in the promised one. They are justified by. The same way. Jesus pronounces forgiveness. But the basis of that forgiveness would occur. When Jesus would die on the cross for all of us. But the pronouncement comes at this point in time. In this man's life. Because that man has faith. Do you have faith today in Christ? This is how we all start this journey. Faith in Christ. You say, What is this about? Why are we here? What's the point? What's the purpose? Jesus and Jesus alone. And how you start in this journey with Jesus is how you. Continue, and it's how you go on into the future. The sufficiency of Jesus Christ is the gospel we hold so dear today. So Jesus knew that they were reasoning their hearts in verse 22. He knew that they were thinking, oh my goodness, only God can forgive and Jesus pronouncing forgiveness here. So he says to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins have been forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk. If you ask me, I mean, both of those would be pretty tough things there. But it would be easier for Jesus just to say, oh, your sins are forgiven you. That is in the spiritual realm of that which we cannot see. It'd be easier for him to say, Yeah, your sins are forgiven. But to say, Rise up and walk. In verse 24, Jesus says, But in order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he says, To the paralytic. I say to you. Rise. Or rather. Get up. Pick up. And go home. Get up. Pick up. And go home. Get up. Pick up and go home get up pick up and go home and at once he rose up before them took up what he had been lying on lying on and went home glorifying God demonstrating authority Jesus Heals the man of his infirmity. And when Jesus healed the man of his infirmity, it demonstrated his authority to do what he just said he could do for this man. You see, power is the ability to do something, authority is the right to do it. Not only does Jesus have the power, not only does he have the power to give people a fresh start in their life, he doesn't just have the power, but he has the authority. He has the right to do that. There's only one way that people can find a fresh start in their lives. And it is through faith in Jesus Christ. If you are here today and you feel paralyzed, paralyzed by life, paralyzed by your circumstances, paralyzed in a relationship, if that is you today, faith, In Christ. Coming to Jesus. Having enough faith to work through. And to fight through the crowds to get to him. Jesus doesn't just have the power to fix. And give you a fresh start. But Jesus has the right and the authority under God to do that. He is your only hope. And he is the only hope. Of the hundreds and thousands of people around us today. And that must, that must, that must burn in our hearts moving forward. It's got to burn. In our hearts moving forward. So he and his friends, they go home. He did what Jesus said. He, he got up and he picked up and he went home. But on his way home with his friends, they were glorifying God. And then the scripture says in verse 26 that they were all seized, They were all struck with astonishment. And they too, all the crowd, of people around him, and they began glorifying God. Look at this thing, folks. Glorifying God is contagious business. Worshiping God is contagious business. It's contagious. The man and his friends are glorifying God. The people in the crowd, they're glorifying God. It's contagious business to glorify Him. When I walked out of the doors of the building downtown this morning, you know what I said, you know what I prayed. Jesus that you might. Be exalted in God that you might. Be glorified. Jesus. That you might be exalted. In God. That you might. Be glorified. Jesus. That you might be exalted. In God that you might. Be glorified. For the glory of God. To the praise of Of Jesus. And then I had this thought. I had this thought. As I was walking out. I started thinking about. Being the first ones. Here. To walk in. As I was walking out. I started thinking about. Being the first ones here that we would have a collective heart to exalt Jesus and glorify God, that a new new beginning for us would really start the way for a fresh start for somebody else. And I started thinking about being the, the first ones who walked in here. What a historical moment. We were all a part of today. And then, I started thinking back to like 1933, 1934 to those who walked in over there for the first time. Don't know all the specifics, I know some through the history, but there was a common goal of those folks and 1933, 1934. It has something to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of exalting Jesus and glorifying God. And I thought about the first ones there. That when they went in, over the course of time, over all these years, they made a way God through them opened the door. God through their faith made a way for you and made a way for me. And I went back in time in my mind to that point in time when they walked in the doors over there for the first time. Oh, if they could see. If they could see. And they're not here with us today. Now, you might have been around at that time. You probably were very young at that point in time. I'm not going to ask anyone to tell us how old they are today. But that was a few years ago. And I think about all those years of ministry and service and faithfulness. The road was paved. My question to you is this. How's God going to use you? How's God going to use us to pave the way for those in the future? Because we can't begin to imagine those who will walk out of here for the last time. Hopefully it's a long, 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 long time from now. And there's probably a few guys here who would absolutely refuse to serve on the building committee. I'm just saying. Because they'd be way too old at that point in time. right? So my challenge to you, what you and I, what we've been blessed with, let's start right now today. Preparing our hearts to give it away. We are only stewards for a period of time of what God has blessed us with. Begin to give away what is not ours to even begin with. A new beginning for us a fresh start for somebody else. Is that you? Is that you? Do you today need a fresh start? if you do let me introduce you to first missionary we want to love you and serve you and come hell or high water we'll cut a hole in the roof to get you to Jesus we'll cut a hole in the roof if it means getting to Jesus. There is no love greater than this that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And in the text, Jesus called this man friend before he forgave him and before he healed him. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, would you stand with us this Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.